Welcome to Unlocked with Jordi Karlinski. My name is Jordi Karlinski, and I'm a former professional athlete turned real estate agent based out of Aspen, Colorado. In this podcast, I interview business and real estate professionals, coaches across many industries, and other athletes to deliver educational and life-changing content. If you are someone who has a thirst for personal and business development, who seeks growth in all aspects of your life, and who wants to dive deeper into real-life current events as they relate to business and real estate, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to episode two of Unlocked with Jordi Karlinski. I am your host, Jordi, and I'm pleased to welcome my very first guest, Nicole Mason, a decorated U.S. snowboard team coach to the show. In this episode, you will gain some powerful insight into why goals are so important, how to develop self-discipline, why focusing on the process over perfection is key, and overcoming failures and setbacks, plus plenty more. I think you will get a lot out of this episode, whoever you are and wherever you are in your life. As I mentioned in episode one of my podcast, there are so many important life lessons that can be learned from sport, and we dive right into it. To introduce my guests, Nicole Mason grew up as a competitive snowboarder out of Summit County, Colorado. She continued following her passion and began teaching snowboarding at Loveland Ski Area at the age of 20. From there, she went on to coach for Team Summit, adaptive action sports, helping build the first U.S. Paralympic team, and also coached for Aspen Valley Ski and Snowboard Club. From there, she continued on to take a position with the U.S. Ski and Snowboard Team. Nicole received the Developmental Coach of the Year and Domestic Coach of the Year in 2017. During her final season with U.S. Ski and Snowboard, she was recognized as Overall Coach of the Year and International Coach of the Year in 2020. Nicole has now moved on to start her own business based around empowering females in the industry. She will continue to work with the coach education department at U.S. Ski and Snowboard as one of her biggest passions is giving back and sharing her experiences. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Okay, well, let's get right into it. I'm so excited to have Nicole Mason on uh, this episode. And with my background in snowboarding, she's a snowboard coach and much more than that. So I'm excited to dig into all the things that she's up to and her achievements within snowboard coaching over the years. But I'm really excited to have you on the podcast, dig a little bit deeper into the mindset of athletes as well, because I think there's so many important life lessons that can be learned from sport that translate to normal life outside of sport. So welcome to the podcast, Nicole. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to it. So tell me a bit about your journey and where you are today. So I grew up in the Summit County area, like Breckenridge, Keystone. Grew up as a competitive snowboarder, made a bit of a transition, um, you know, during my senior year, ended up going to college kind of stepping away from competitive snowboarding for, you know, some other, you know, life happens reasons. But after that, found myself instructing at Loveland Ski Area while I was going to school down in Denver. Just knowing people in the community when I started instructing and kind of getting back into things, I was reconnected with a lady named Laura Munch, who was a coach on Team Summit when I was an athlete. 
And she introduced me to a lady named Sasha Nations, who at the time was the program director for Team Summit, which is also the team that I grew up writing for. So it was a really cool opportunity when I met Sasha we like clicked immediately became like great friends and she offered me like a substitute coach position, which was great for my first year. Cause I was still going to college and everything. And then the next season made the transition, moved back up to the mountains and really started pursuing, you know, coaching as more of a, a career than kind of just a side hobby while, you know, trying to go to school and do what society tells you you're supposed to. So <laughs> had a little bit of a mind switch there and ended up, you know, like weekend coaching and then started coaching kids during the week. And then within that time frame, was also introduced to another club. Um, it's called Adaptive Action Sports and they run out of copper. So I started working for them and that was around the time there's a kind of a Paralympic snowboard movement happening at that time, right when it was going into Sochi, which was their debut. That's when I was connected with Maya Wheeler during, you know, a coach education session, him and I became pretty close. He became one of my, you know, biggest mentors, really took me under his wing. And that's when I started traveling as far as like doing some World Cup circuits with the adaptive guys. And I was still also coaching for Team Summit. Then he offered me the job over in Aspen. And so I ran that program for a handful of years. And during that time, got a lot of, you know, exposure and experience at um, kind of the U.S. team level as far as helping out with camps and going to junior worlds and um, really helping to kind of produce the athletes that they were looking for at the time. So they ended up, well, at first I almost took the rookie halfpipe job, but I didn't feel it was a right fit. I ended up <laughs> actually staying with um, Aspen for another year because I was very committed to the kids and the program there and it just didn't feel like the right time. And then the following year is when I got the rookie slopestyle and big air position. So I was with them for a handful of years and then ended up just recently stepping away and starting my own business. But during that time, I had just endless opportunities and experience as far as, yeah, getting to travel the world and different levels of competition and success, and failures and, you know, all sorts of kind of ups and downs with that. But so yeah, it kind of just leads me right to where I am now. <laughs> Love that journey. I think it's very thorough. And I mean, from the beginning, it seems like you followed your dreams and you said not mm -hmm. doing what society told you to do. And, you know, yep. you didn't put yourself in a box. And I think that's such a great message just in general. But so where are you today? Tell me about one team. Yeah. So I just launched uh, this business on October 1st. So it's really exciting. Definitely a little crazy to do it, you know, in the mid pandemic, if you will, like stepped away from a super secure job where I had health insurance and a 401k. And again, like everything society tells you that you're supposed to do, but it just wasn't, it just got to the point where I just, I had other visions. I had other things that I wanted to accomplish. I felt like I had accomplished what I needed to in that role at the time. So now starting my new business, um, is really focusing on more than just snowboarding. It's um, we're going to have branches of tumbling. That's going to be a big piece of it. We're going to incorporate in the summertime. We'll have mountain bike programs and skateboard programs. Um, we'll have fitness programs, all that kind of stuff. So really just giving back to essentially the minorities of snowboarding. It's such a male dominated 
industry that women get overseen, adaptive writers get overseen, any sort of like diversity gets overseen. So it's like something that's very important to me to be able to take these experiences that I've had and give them back to communities that wouldn't have access to elite coaching. So that's kind of my bigger vision is to really help give back to, you know, the youth and kids that wouldn't necessarily have those opportunities. And then also a very important part is the female empowerment side of it is like running, you know, some all female camps where we can, you know, kind of dive into some other things um, with them as far as, you know, being a young woman and figuring out life and trying to do it in a male dominated industry. It's not the, not the easiest thing really making sure that giving females a little bit more focus and that goes more than just the athletes it goes towards you know the female coaches as well and something that i'm really trying to do is highlight all of the amazing female coaches that get overshadowed by not necessarily being in the head coach position but still following their passion being a mom you know having a full-time career like really showing that like we can do it all. And it's, Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's like really where my heart and kind of passion lies and vision behind starting this own business is being able to like step to the beat of my own drum. It's been my entire career. I've been working for someone else and it's like, just kind of got to the point where it's like, I want to do things my way and I want to be able to give back and I want to have time to do these, you know, special projects and, you know, really kind of open up the scope of it's not just about snowboarding all the time. Yeah. Well, it gives me chills and I think it's (laughs) honestly so wonderful and it gives me hope (laughs) in the world, honestly, (laughs) what you're doing. Um, So much to unpack there, but where, I guess, where are you offering your programs? Um, So various locations, like down in the front range, you know, obviously right now, um, we work out of a, a CrossFit gym here, like 10 minutes away from where we live. But, um, we are looking at establishing, you know, several locations as we, you know, start to grow. We're looking at, um, partnering with hopefully like a facility in the Summit County area. Um, since I'll be coaching out of there quite often as well. Um, mm-hmm but really kind of flexible just because I'm not necessarily like not a full-time day in day out program. For example, if like AVSC was like, Hey, we want to do like an all female camp. I'd be able to go help them, you know, drive up basically no overhead. I just show up, give back, help them to recruit, you know, athletes for like girl athletes for, you know, their clubs specifically and, Mm -hmm. you know, hopefully bring in several other women, from the community and, and kind of integrate like an indoor piece as far as like coming in, learning how to tumble, doing some team building, all that kind of stuff. And then being able to take that, you know, onto snow. So that's like kind of my bigger vision as far as like, I would like to be able to be mobile and travel around Mm -hmm. to, you know, different locations and help to enhance what people already have going and start to bring awareness to like female involvement, you know, on both levels. So, and just for listeners, um, we're talking about Colorado right now and Denver or the front range is more on the Denver side of things, but, um, Summit County is Breckenridge, Copper, Keystone. And then of course, AVSC is Aspen up in the Roaring Fork Valley. Um, so 
with with tumbling i mean i love that and i love how you it seems that you are trying to create this all-around athlete and something that athletes can do snowboarding is obviously a very winter specific sport but with tumbling and the fitness programs you can do that outside of the winter and hopefully all year round tell me more about the tumbling aspect of your program yeah it's definitely it's a new venture for me and um being 31 now I just learned how to do it recently within the past year so that's been really fun to kind of yeah a little bit of role reversal you know and like be in the learner shoes and everything again and really like get inspired like oh wow this really can work this really is like a missing element in just the snow sports world in general is like yes we have trampolines you know we have certain aspects but um my boyfriend has a tumbling program that he runs out of Denver. It's called the Mile High Tumblers 5280. And so awesome. we have basically like partnered with them. And throughout the summer, we, you know, traveled around to different YMCAs in the Denver metro area. And with COVID, the YMCAs were really struggling because they weren't able to take day trips out anywhere to go, you know, take the kids out to different, you know, adventures and things. So they were looking for people to come to their facility in order to follow, you know, all of the COVID regulations and everything. So we were able to show up, you know, at their facility and run these tumbling programs for the kids. Cause really like, again, there's no overhead. We'd show up with a couple of mats on top of the car and like pop out of the car and just have a blast with these kids and really start to show them and get them to understand that there's like, there's different outlets to cope with different things in life. And you don't have all of this money to spend on, even like a season of baseball or gymnastics or something like this is something that you can do that you can take into your backyard, um, you know, outside anywhere translates over to so many sports. That's just like a simple foundational athletic piece that is just overseen. It's affordable. You know, it really challenges you, especially with the crossover with snowboard, as far as like targeting kind of your stabilizer muscles and like your, quick twitch reflect muscles that you need um, really starts to enhance that type of stuff. And again, it comes at an affordable price. So being able to bring something into the industry that has a bigger outreach for a more community of kids to be able to like give them a solid foundation in the gym and confidence in order to like, Hey, I'm going to go out on snow and understand how my body works and be more successful quicker or down the line when I am trying to, push through tough tricks. Like since I focused on overall athletic ability when I'm young, I'm actually going to be able to progress more over a longer period of time versus someone that just focuses on snowboarding. They're going to get good really fast, but then they're going to hit a plateau because they're not going to quite understand the simple mechanics that you'd need to really take your snowboarding to that next level. Mm -hmm. So it's like a big missing piece in just kind of the snow sports world in general. So it's like really kind of helped me to bridge that gap, being able to bring something affordable to, you know, give back to kids, but also being able to provide programming for elite or even intermediate level athletes looking to enhance their, you know, development skills. Yeah. I think that's so awesome. And to be able to provide something that, like you said, you don't necessarily have to be a snowboarder or a 
mm-hmm. professional skier to do these things. It can be as easy as learning some basic stuff and going in your backyard and messing around with your friends and just having that that kind of new skill set that is fun mm-hmm. and exciting and um you know, I think I'm sure there's a really significant mind body connection there too, through tumbling and how it can translate through many aspects of your life. Yeah, exactly. Like you really have to trust yourself. Like you really have to, like when you step foot, you know, in the gym or on the mat, like you have to leave your personal life behind you. It's like really forcing you to be in that moment and to really like focus and yeah, it's a cool thing because you can learn it at any age, you know, little, you know, little tots can come in and learn it and all the way up to like adults. Just recently, we had um, like a 10 week private class that we did twice a week. We went up to this family's house. So it was the daughter, two daughters and the mom. The mom was 44 years old. And by the end of it, it was like crushing it, you know, forward rolls, mm-hmm. backward rolls, cartwheels, handstands, like she wants to actually take a little bit, like a couple more classes and really like dial in everything. And I'm like, it's so, so cool. Like, it was so inspirational to like, yeah, know that like, shoot, I'm learning at 31, but she's over here at 44, <laughs> like crushing it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, it's so inspirational and it's, it just brings kind of that camaraderie to like cheering people on and like getting through those breakthroughs and like a low impact zone. So you can take yeah. those skills and apply them to, higher pressure situations. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it seems what I loved about snowboarding and as a kid growing up through it, I didn't really realize flow state. It's not something that you're taught when you're young. I'm sure now it is, but when we were both back in the day, I didn't know much about it, but you talk about being in the present moment and it's not just snowboarding that allows you to do that. I mean, it's obviously tumbling. It's, it's even reading a book. There's so many things that can allow you to be in flow state. And, you know, I'm definitely not an expert on it, but I think there is something there for your mind to be able to just completely shut off, be present for whether that's an hour or two minutes at a time. I think there's so many important benefits to that. And, um, just, you know, it's really shown me the importance of being in the present moment and leaving everything else behind. And I think a lot of when you can be tap into this flow state, that's when you can also, if you are a professional athlete, that's when you can perform at your highest potential. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's that flow state is so important yet. It's so like, unknown it's crazy yeah (laughs) when you hit that flow state it's just like it's so special and nobody can nobody can take that feeling away from you you know that's a lot of the reason why we even do what we do is it's just that feeling you get so your mission statement um, talks a bit about self self discipline. You're helping these athletes um, develop self discipline, integrity, and teamwork. Talk to me a bit about more self discipline. Um, in your experience as a coach and also as an athlete, how is it come natural with some people? And if not, how does one develop self discipline? Yeah, um, yeah, they definitely go hand in hand, but. I feel like when I was coaching for the U S national team, like kids at that level kind of just have an instinctual self-discipline. Like they already know what they want to do at 14 years old. Like that's pretty special. It, that doesn't happen all the time. So there has to be some level of self-discipline. Like 
I'm going to sacrifice, you know, X, Y, and Z in order to chase my dreams. And I'm only 15 years old and I know exactly what I want to do with my life. Like that's, that's special. That's rare. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, that's not something you can necessarily teach. It's something that you can help guide them through so they can really maximize it. But yeah, there definitely is, there are some kids that very much it's built into that I hardly like had to do anything that I would just, they just bought into everything. It was great. <laughs> but, <laughs> Makes it <easy>. of course, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but of course you're going to have the kids that don't necessarily have that, you know, self-discipline and you are going to have to teach it through, you know, that time that you guys interact together. So in my experience, self-discipline is making a plan and sticking to it and making sure that you're actually holding yourself accountable in order to progress towards your goals. So that's not just showing up every day on snow and learning a new trick. It's really making sure that they're understanding the process of everything that this isn't, we're not showing up at this contest just to win for today. Like there is a whole process behind it. We're looking mm-hmm. for consistency. We're looking for mastery. We're looking for you to be able to dial into that flow state when you need it most, whether it's hammering snow or crosswind, like we have to be able to channel that. So in order to get there, like we have to be able to eat good, you know, so making sure that they're changing their eating habits, even if it's just a little bit, even if it's just like, Hey, I gave up drinking Mountain Dew, like stoked, (laughs) step in the right direction. Right. Let's not go too far. Let's not also give up like, that cheesy microwave pizza, but you gave up Mountain Dew, like small victory. So really highlighting like those little accomplishments that like they are making a sacrifice, you know, being on the road and giving up Mountain Dew and giving up times with their friends, you know, so really making sure that they're being recognized for those small victories along the way. Um, And then also like a big piece of self-discipline is like honestly getting into some sort of exercise routine outside of being on the snow and that can be especially at a young age like that can be very unique and very personalized that can be like hey make sure that during the summer you're mountain biking skateboarding and find one other new activity whether that be like soccer baseball or football you know and then you know as they progressively get older then you start to kind of tailor their program to what they already like to do so if they're already skateboarding skateboarding hard not just like going out and cruising but if they're like really going out then their program's not going to be as cardio heavy you know they're going to maybe look at like okay you don't necessarily like going to the gym then let's do some at home body weight exercises two to three days a week or starting to introduce small routines so getting them to do warm-up stretches and cool down stretches like even just those tiny little pieces right there will help to build that self-discipline over time. And they will start to buy into it once they feel it. So it's like introducing all of these small concepts, not overwhelming them, but then letting them kind of self-discover what portion of that works for them. And then they're able to kind of take ownership over it and build it into, you know, their daily life routine. So for me, it's really important just to, figure out what they do outside of snowboarding or, you know, whatever sport that they're involved in. Cause that will mm-hmm. help to kind of put those pieces into the puzzle. And talk to me more about goal setting. I, you mentioned that 
a little bit earlier before the um, self-discipline and what's your process like with that and why are setting goals so important? I mean, setting goals is the basis of everything. Like I can't work with an athlete unless I know what they want to do because what I want them to do could be completely different from what they want to do. So we're never going to mesh if we don't understand each other's perspective. So I think that's a huge thing with goal setting. I mean, anytime that I meet an athlete that's like, and they're interested in working with me, that's the first thing that we do is we'll sit Mm -hmm. down, you know, and then this can be totally open and formal, like with parents and, you know, the athlete would go out, have a dinner, whatever, sit down and just be like, Hey, how, like, help me to understand how I can help you because I can't help you unless I know what you want. And every kid's response is going to be different. Not every single kid is going to show up and say like, Hey, I want to make it to the Olympics. You know, like some kids are going to do it simply for a social thing. Some kids are going to do it because that's their only social interaction. You know, some kids are going to do it because they want to be in the industry. They want to be a brand rep or they want to be a filmer or something like that. So making sure that you're really understanding what they want so you can help them get there. Like making sure that you have a roadmap kind of along the way. So it's a big process that we kind of dive into and it's super important and being able to go back and check in on those goals because they do change and that's okay. Like it's just because you write something down doesn't make it concrete. It means that you're working towards it. And if something doesn't feel right and you don't like it and you want to go in a different direction, then Hey, that's totally fine too. We'll just reset and we'll do that. Yeah. But we have to know together in order to be successful. And what happens when an athlete becomes unmotivated and say they are really, they really want a goal and they want to achieve a goal and hit that goal. But if you see them, maybe they're overwhelmed or unmotivated, maybe they're just burnt out. How do you help them get through that? It's just a matter of like rerouting their perspective. So you kind of have to dig a little deeper and understand like why are they going through this rut is it purely an external factor are they having a hard time at home did their friend pass away like what is actually happening and if all of those kind of check out and there's nothing like that happening and it's simply like a mental kind of frustration then that's going to take a little bit more digging too is it a mental frustration because all you're doing is contest back to back to back and all you want to do is go snowboard because the reason that you started is because you love snowboarding and you hardly get to snowboard now that you're at contests or, you know, what, what is the real like root issue to this problem? And then once you find out, you're kind of able to reroute them like, okay, if it's an external factor, like what can we do to support you? Like I'm here as a friend, if you need to talk, is that going to help? Or do we need to actually involve, you know, someone, a professional to, you know, get you the support that you need if it comes down to like a mental thing, like, okay, let's find the reason for it. Is it coming over an injury? Are you, is it afraid of, you know, are you scared of failing kind of what, you know, what really is that issue? And then we're able to kind of navigate through if it's a burnout issue, then it's like, Hey, you need to reset. You need to go turn on your favorite song, go take a couple hot laps with your friends and remember why you're here. Remember why you started. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of times that'll just be the reset right there is they just, they get so caught up in, 
contests and this qualifying into that that they forget that it's just snowboarding it's just having fun and going out with your friends so yeah. a couple different ways to kind of go about it but really just understanding what their perspective is on the situation and trying to get them to look at it a different way yeah and I mean you mentioned the why and I think that is such an impactful thing that I in my experience a lot of people forget about is when you do set these goals or you have this vision, whether you are in athlete, whether you are in, a, in an athletic career or in a professional career outside of sport, knowing your why when you get in it half, I mean, speaking from personal experience, when I get in a rut, it's just remembering like, okay, why did I start this? Like, what is the root reason why I am here doing what I am doing? And if I can remind myself of that, occasionally I, it really keeps me motivated to keep going. And I think that's such an important piece of the puzzle that a lot of people forget. Right. And they get so caught up on what they want to accomplish or what they should have done, what they could have done. And it's like, okay, just take a step back, remember your why and yeah, change, maybe shift your perspective. How can we then move forward from that? Yep. Exactly. So with, um, you know, obviously my background in, in snowboarding and competing, you develop skills after a long time. It takes a long time to get to, I don't even, not mastery, but to get to the level that you want to get to. It can take years. And I find myself in my transition to my real estate career that sometimes I am a little bit too eager and I'm learning new skills in this new chapter of my life and I get frustrated and I have to remind myself that like, Hey, okay, it takes from my past experiences. It takes a long time to develop skills and to become the expert or however you want to say it. Um, what's your philosophy on practicing and developing skills over trying to reach perfection? Oh man. Well, it kind of just takes me back to like my coaching philosophy. So my coaching philosophy is simple, it's four words, um, smile, foundation, discover, repeat. So in that, like that first thing is smiling, like you're having fun, making sure that like you're laughing, whether you catch an edge and smack your face or you just landed like a trick that you've been working on for three weeks. Um, and then that foundation piece is just making sure that Anytime that, you know, you're struggling or even like working towards a new trick that you're taking the emphasis off of that and focusing on your foundation and knowing that you always have something to kind of fall back on. Then that other piece, discover, is being able to have a solid foundation, have fun while you're doing it. And then all of a sudden you're going to discover where your mind and body and skills can take you um, instead of getting so caught up in the minutia of everything and winning every single contest. It's like, Oh yeah, I'm doing this because it's supposed to be fun. Right. I have mm -hmm. a solid foundation so I can go out and do anything that I want. If I want to go smash some pow or hit some rails or just go make some turns. Like I have all of the skills and ability to do that. And then that repeat step is repetition and whether that's repeating the process or repeating the routine that you know that you have to do in order to, you know, be successful. So whenever I find myself or find an athlete 
you know, kind of going back and forth or like flirting with that line, like kind of remind myself of my coaching philosophy and like, how can I help this athlete to pull out of that mindset and, you know, reset to, all right, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I love it. I'm passionate about it. And I shouldn't get caught up in results or appearance or, Mm -hmm. you know, this and that. So it's a tough thing to do, but it's good to have kind of a philosophy that you always refer back to when you do get caught up in those moments. So when, let's say we're in competition now and you have athletes that have trained for months, maybe years to get to a certain level, they're at a very big competition. And as people may know that who have experience in practice and competing, if they are, have a background in athletics, it's one thing to practice and to fall and to be able to shake things off and to not maybe what people might say is like perform at their peak or perform at the highest potential. And they're just learning in this practice phase. What are some of your tips that you give your athletes when it's game time? You are say, let's say you're at the top of the X game slope style and you have months or maybe years of practice under your belt. And now you have two runs to make it count. What does that process look like for your athletes and what advice do you give? Honestly, my biggest piece of advice is to have a routine and to have consistency. Um, Even, you know, in your practices leading up to those contest days, have some form of consistency within their training, within how you're presenting yourself with like, you always have to be like a consistent person for them. So no matter what, if they're freaking out on contest day, they know that they can come to you and have a consistent response, someone who's going to be calm and understand what they're saying and, you know, try to give them tools to, you know, pull out of that mindset. And then also like if you're consistent, a contest day shouldn't look any different from a regular day of training. Like all of a sudden, if you're changing on contest day as a coach and you're getting more intense or you're changing your habits, like (laughs) it's going to throw your athletes off. They're going to be like, who are you and why are we doing this on like a really important day? Like I thought you were supposed to be supporting me and now you're changing the game plan on me. Like, come on. (laughs) Yeah. So I feel like that is the biggest thing is just doesn't matter what contest it is. Doesn't matter, you know, where in the world it's located. Like if you have a routine and consistency, then nothing really changes in their book. Like another thing that I do a lot of times is I'll tell them, I'll actually have a couple kids that like asked me to do this, but be like, you're just out. It's just another run with your friends. Like you're not wearing a bib, like you're just out shredding with your friends. And I've had a couple of times where they've like looked down and been like, I'm not wearing my bib. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> had a moment of panic. So I'm like, did that just backfire or actually like, you kind of loosened up, laughed, like, yeah. yeah. remember they were here to just have fun. And then all of a sudden they do really well. So again, it's just helping them to kind of change their perspective and know that they have a consistent person on their side that no matter if they have the best day or worst day of their life, they're going to get the same response. Yeah. And do you think, I mean, routine even starts the night before in preparation for a contest or in the morning of? Um, I'd say routine happens from the second we start working together. 
my routine would, you know, immediately start the second an athlete and I, it goes all the way back to goal setting, actually, mm-hmm. now that I think about it. It's the same routine. He's, we'll sit down, we'll do goal setting, we'll really figure out, like, what this person wants. And then as far as, like, we go on snow, like, these are the things you want to accomplish. So this is the expectation that's going to be set. I'm going to show up. I'm going to be here for you. I expect the same that you're going to be, you know, here on time and showing up ready to work. And so that routine and expectation is set like from the very beginning. And then there's no question from that point forward about like what those boundaries are. It's just, it's there. We're here to work together. We're here to do a job together. So let's make sure that we're holding each other accountable and that routine is going to look the same. It's going to be training days. I expect you to be on time. Don't be, you know, walking in the door with your boots undone like finishing your breakfast is like everybody's suited and booted ready to train you mm-hmm. know so it's like building in those little things of routine introducing warming up stretching and cooling down and as far as like contest days go I'll have the same routine I'll stand in the same place whether they realize it or not when they're in the start gate I'll stand in the same place whether it's behind their left shoulder behind their right shoulder in front of their right boot behind their right like what wherever they feel most comfortable with me being, I will be in that consistent place doing the same handshake, telling them the same thing before they drop in. It's consistency. It's routine. It's something that your brain enjoys and it's Mm -hmm. something that makes them, it gives them a level of comfort. Yeah. Knowing that like I have this, it's right here if I need it, but you shouldn't need it because you're an incredible athlete about to drop in. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think there's so much there with routine and consistency and it can take, if you can just trust yourself that, Hey, you've prepared from day one, since you signed up with Nicole, you've prepared for this moment. And it's all because of the consistent routine that you've established for whether again, that's months or years or weeks. What do you, you know, I think there's a big thing about positive mental talk, I've had experiences where I've told myself negative things or just when I'm about to drop in or at the top of a, you know, a start gate about to compete where I doubt myself a lot. And what are some of your tools for overcoming self doubt or um, any of those negative mental thoughts that go through a lot of people's heads? Right. Um, And it's natural. It's very natural for those thoughts to come and go wouldn't be right saying don't have them don't think about them because it's just going to happen more so it's like allowing that time to happen but then being able to refocus that on what you already know how to do so allowing the time for those feelings to process for those nerves that anxiety that you know fear of failure whatever it's okay to feel it what's not okay is to hold on to it your entire run. So a lot of times if they're not quite understanding that, I'll use an analogy. And one of my favorite ones to use is telling them to put their emotions into a cup like of water. And then you're just going to ride around with it all day. Like how realistic is it for you to snowboard with a full cup of water and expect to do every single trick that you want to do? It's not realistic, is it? You're like, what? No, no. Like, why would I want to ride around with water? I'm like, I don't know. Why do you want to ride around all pissed off? 
it's yeah. going to do the same thing. It's going to hinder you from doing what you want to do. So you have one of two options, drink the water because you're probably dehydrated or <laughs> pour it out and move on with your day. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, you know? Yeah. And then a lot of times just, again, shifting perspective and getting them to kind of like, you know, make a joke out of it, open up, laugh a little bit. A lot of times like, boom, that'll be your reset right there. So like mm-hmm. I can immediately tell if they're right up to ride up to me. I'm like, what are you going to do with that glass of water? Like, <laughs> Uh. <laughs> and I know exactly what it means so it's like you know just using those kind of analogies and getting them to like realize that that self-destructive behavior isn't going to do any good for them and just making sure that you have tools in order to help to teach them how to get out of it I love that analogy haven't heard it before and I'm <laughs> totally taking it with me yep, thanks all yours <laughs> So you, we've, you've touched on fear of failure a few times throughout this conversation. And, you know, I think me personally, looking back on my snowboarding career, one of the main things that I've learned from it is to not have a fear of failure, to live in this growth mindset. Um, because I think that it's, well, yes, you want to win everything and reach every single goal. It's not always realistic. You have a lot of external circumstances that can get in your way, especially if you're in an outdoor sport. It could be dumping snow one day. Um, you know, you could be injured, whatever it is. There's a lot of external circumstances. And how do you, if you have athletes who have a fear of failure, how do you help them through that? Oh, man, so many things. <laughs> it's hard. There's not really like one concrete answer of, what's going to work for everybody. It looks differently for everybody, but really kind of just goes back to initially getting them to understand that it's process versus outcome that Mm -hmm. one bad contest result isn't going to destroy their career and getting them to understand that it's okay. You know, we're going to learn more from a failure than we are going to from a success. Like, Hey, if you win, we know that X, Y, and Z routine worked for you and that, you know, all the pieces kind of fell into place for you on this day. Like, that's amazing. However, the failures are really like what stick with you for a long time. It's like, okay, I failed at this, but the bigger story is how I came back to overcome it. But like, yeah, when kids get scared, that fear of failure can be so destructive if, you're not compassionate towards what they're going through. Like you have to understand, like putting yourself in their shoes, for example, like being an awkward teenager, not wanting to, you know, fail in front of your friends or whatever. It comes down to more of a social thing. So really understanding like where they're coming from and trying to bring in some level of comfort to what they're doing, I found has really made a difference. Cause like I said, it's going to be different for every single kid. Some, sometimes like they're just going to need someone to, talk through it with them you know if they're coming off of an injury then maybe we're gonna have to do some visualizing and just talk them through remembering what it's like to land that certain trick you know or again a lot of times with being afraid it's taking them back to a foundational aspect reminding them that they already know how to do this and that it's just a matter of trusting themselves and channeling that feeling of whatever you're working on because you've already done it before you know what it feels like just a matter of 
being confident enough to do it again. Mm-hmm. So a couple different ways to kind of go about that. But again, yeah. not one concrete answer and it's going to look and fit differently for everyone. Yeah. And I think you touched on such a good thing is that we learn more from our failures. And um, I think there's so much in that to overcome a failure and to move forward or maybe find the silver lining within the failure. That's what I like to say with, you know, what I haven't accomplished in life um, is like, okay, there's got to be a silver lining here. And it helps you grow so much as a person. And as an athlete, you know, I think it's very applicable to all, again, aspects of life is um, having a fear of failure is very real. And also knowing that, like, if it's something you really want, and you don't try, are you going to be more upset that you didn't try it because you're scared of failing? Or are you going to be, okay, let's try it. And if I fail, all right, not the end of the world, but what can I learn from it? Yeah, exactly. And it could even go back to the cup of water analogy, like pouring your fears into a cup. Like you're going to ride around with that all day and never progress and never step outside of your comfort zone. Or are you going to set it down and see what you're capable of really doing? Yeah. Gosh, that analogy. So good. Uh, no, it, <laughs> it's too easy. <laughs> um, well, this has been so delightful to have this conversation. Um, tell, tell the listeners where they can connect with you and one team uh, via the, I don't know, the big web. <laughs> Uh, yes. Um, so our website is www. one spelled out o n e team t e a m i n t. Um, so one team i n t. dot com, and then social handle is the same thing. It's at one team i n t. Um, so yeah, any of those work or. Email is Nicole at oneteamdream.com um, or I can be reached directly by phone number as well, 720-602-3117. Awesome. So yeah, and, any of those. Uh, I will put them all in the show notes as well. So, And also um, your boyfriend's okay. Tumbling website because I think that's a great awesome. resource too for people in the Denver area. Yep. And actually, I forgot to ask you one last question. What's... What's, I mean, we are in a pandemic. What's on the docket for this season? Do you, can you travel internationally? What's going on there? There are exceptions for travel for athletes. Um, if they're traveling to, you know, World Cup in a different country, all that kind of stuff, very strict regulations as far as international travel goes. That's kind of, you know, a big question mark for a lot of people at this point. Um, but there are exceptions if you are at that level, especially going into a season of Olympic qualifying, that kind of stuff. So there will be some exceptions. However, the majority of us have pulled, it'll just be domestic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, fine. yeah. Yeah. I like I mean, close to home. Yeah. (laughs) Well, home is, yeah, home, home is a great place. We've all spent a lot of time, time in our home lately. Um, yeah, well, thank you again so much, Nicole. This has been awesome. And, um, you know, hope to chat to you soon. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you liked the episode and the show, please be sure to rate review and subscribe to this podcast and share it with friends. 
As a new podcast, this is the best way you can support the show. To see more about each episode or to connect with me, head on over to my Instagram page at Jordy Karlinski. Plug Agency Production.